Time to talk parenting and today we're looking at young people being groomed online and about sextortion. Now last week police asked Taranaki Intermediate and High Schools to warn students about internet safety and this follows a student being extorted for money after sending nude photographs. Sex therapist Joe Robertson runs a Tricky Chats parenting course. Now, Joe's previously been on Nine to Noon. She is happy to take your questions about navigating some of these conversations about online safety. Some of you already in touch with us on that, and we'll get some of those questions to Joe, 2101, to get in touch with us in the studio this morning. Uh, firstly, though, kia ora, Joe. Welcome back. Good to have you on the show. Thank you. So good to be here. Now, there is this case recently around sextortion, uh, the one that I mentioned in Taranaki recently. Mm. Um, I suppose, how how do people even begin to broach some of these conversations? What are good starting points? I think uh, I want to start with that you, you have the conversation earlier than you expect. And so I... I think that children need to, as soon as they've got their own device or you're anticipating giving them a device, then you really need to talk about if somebody online is starting to talk to you that you don't know or if somebody is requesting photos of you, they're saying that they want the relationship that they're starting with you to be a secret, then they definitely need to bring both the the information to you but also the device because we really want to know who that person is and that, invo- that that means involving the police. So it starts early, as soon as you're get, you know, getting ready to give them a phone or, or giving them an iPad or letting them have chat functions on games. And for most people, that's in primary school. For some, it's an intermediate. And then you want to ask those kinds of questions like, hey, what do you think you should do if somebody um, asks you for a photo? Or if you start talking to a stranger online, what do you need to be careful of? Yeah, I guess with things like online games that lots of kids play as well, um, it's not just a situation where they might be using a device just for gaming or just in the classroom. I mean, it's all the time now, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And this is where we're seeing the vulnerability of young boys. So they're on gaming platforms and lots of parents think, oh, you know, okay, that's a safe environment, it's not social media. But actually, they're just as likely or able to engage with total strangers online. And that's where grooming can happen, sextortion can happen, uh, and boys are more likely to go and meet someone in real life uh, from from a relationship that they've formed online. That's interesting. I wouldn't necessarily have picked that one. Do we know what's behind that? I think that there's a naivety potentially amongst parents that their girls are vulnerable and their boys aren't. So we tend to be more focused on with our girls on having some pre- like preparation conversations, uh, teaching them consent, all those things. And we don't tend to do the same for our boys, thinking that you know they're not as, as much in harm's way and, and we really let them down in that area. So you mentioned that this is something that you should start potentially uh, talking about in primary school. And actually, that's a question that's come into us, 2101. Um, what age to start these conversations? And also, I suppose, how do you talk about very young children, uh, you know, with these sorts of issues? 
Yeah, so the age is before you're giving them a device for themselves or before you're enabling chat functions on the platforms they're on. So for some, they're going to do that when their child is 10, so therefore you want to have the conversations kind of leading up to that when they're about nine. For others, they're not going to give them give them a device or give them access to chat functions till they're 13, so you can probably wait till they're 11 or 12. Grooming can obviously happen at any age, and so that's when you're, you're having those conversations pretty early uh, around, hey, you know, what if you meet someone and they say, this is a secret, don't tell mum or dad, uh, we're going to meet on, you know, meet privately, or they give your child a special gift. Those are conversations you can have earlier, five, six, seven, because that can happen offline too in the real world. What if you've already got children who are on devices, who are uh, potentially able to be contacted by people they don't know? Is there a different way that you should be talking uh, about it with them or is it the same kind of idea? It's really similar. It's just saying, hey, missed the boat a little bit on this, didn't realise there were risks online. You can withdraw devices or withdraw access to certain platforms. Just be prepared for a little bit of pushback. (laughs) But you are still the parent, so you still make the call. And I really want parents to feel empowered that you're not, um, you don't need to move to the whim of your child. But they will push back, and and that's okay. Uh, But then you go, okay, hey, you know, I've already given you this access to this device or this game, this platform. We need to make sure that you're really safe. You know, don't give out personal information. We're going to make sure you can only talk to friends and never send a photo of yourself. Mm. So you're giving them some some parameters. What do you do if you discover something um, that your child has been doing online or someone that your child's been talking to online, but they won't... You know, they kind of, they clam up. They won't tell you any more information. They won't give you that information that potentially you need to be able to get to the bottom of it. Yeah, I mean, we respect them. There's, we can't force anyone to tell us anything, if only. <laughs> if only we could control them in that way. <laughs> I've got three boys and I wish that sometimes I could control them. Uh, but basically, you know, we really want access to the device and we do that for the sake of other victims. So one perpetrator is, has between 150 and 250 victims over their lifetime. And so explaining that to your child, like, hey, you don't need to talk to me about this if you don't want to, but I want to protect other kids. So I need to access the device. I need to take it to the police to make sure that other children or adolescents aren't being harmed in this process. So there's actually, a, I think, a bit of an ethical uh, duty there, duty of care. Um, and then you don't, if they, if they don't give you any information back in a conversation you just throw in little pieces wherever you can you know hey you can always come to me I'll always love you no matter what you do I won't judge you and I want to support you Mm. so even if they don't give you anything back you just keep throwing that affirmation out there Mm. Um, what are these terms I suppose we should probably define some of the terms that we're using here you're talking about grooming which you have um, discussed a little bit what that kind of thing is but what is grooming and, and how is it different to what sextortion is? Yeah, that's a great question because then we've also got what we call um, image-based sexual abuse, which is another whole genre, but they do weave in together. So grooming is the manipulating and befriending of individuals. So it's often children or adolescents, and it's, they do that slowly over time or quickly to build trust. So that can happen online or offline. 
sextortion is coercing the person you've usually groomed into providing sexual content or money. And so they usually do that through threats. Image-based sexual abuse is taking a photo, using a video, for example, that was maybe given consensually to one person or it wasn't given consensually at all, distributing that on, online uh, or further exploiting the person to get more. Mm. So how prevalent is something like this and, you know, how, how does it start? Yeah, I mean, it can start offline, it can start online, it can start through a platform or it can be somebody pretending to be someone uh, that child knows or it could be someone that child knows pretending to be a stranger. That's actually really common. Uh, So we know the data shows uh, in New Zealand, for example, sextortion doubled in the last year. So police are getting two reports a day. Uh, uh, There's a governing body globally known to be really credible in the space doing lots of great research um, that's the Internet Watch Foundation and they've seen a 60% increase in the number of child sexual images online and that 70% of that is actually children creating the content themselves in their own home. So self, what we call self-generated content, usually because they're groomed or exploited and then distributing that. And the predator usually distributes that amongst other perpetrators or predators. And what is the legal status of this if we're talking about, say, 14, 15-year-olds sending and receiving nude pictures? Does that count as child pornography? Technically, it does. So we don't... Uh, just a, a little added layer there is we we don't call it child pornography anymore because pornography is a like, kind of like a legitimate industry, and really what it is is the exploitation or the or the um or the abuse of minors. So we call it child sexual abuse material or child sexual exploitation material. So very technically, yes, a nude image of a fifteen year old is that. If it is distributed non consensually, then that absolutely classifies as image based sexual abuse. And we have what's called the Harmful Digital Communications Act, which a minor can be, um, I guess, uh, what would be the word? They're they're perpetrating harm through that. So there can be real-life consequences. If a child, like a nine-year-old, distributes a photo of themselves online, they're not about to be charged or prosecuted for doing that because they are the victim of a crime. Mm. Uh, We've had a text in from someone saying um, that a child in this person's whanau was effectively stalking someone using her phone and thought it was just kind of a bit of fun. And Mm. also said that it was quite common amongst the friend group. So with something like this, it sounds like, especially with the statistics that you were just quoting there about the police, it sounds like this is really quite common. It is really common. And I think we need to take it a lot more seriously. I mean, a situation like that, sexually stalking, distributing content or harassing someone online absolutely falls under the Harmful Digital Communications Act and that could become a real problem if the police got involved. So, you know, our parents really, really need to be having these conversations with their teenagers. When it comes to children, uh, like you said earlier, I have just recently developed what's called the Tricky Chats online parenting course and did that because I was hearing over and over, over again from parents like we don't even know how to start this conversation we don't know mm. how to you know make the devices safer we don't know what filters to use and that's why I did it so you know anyone listening you can jump on there at trickychatsparenting.com if you want some extra tools 
But absolutely, we need to take it more seriously. We need to not think that we have a unicorn child who wouldn't be, who doesn't have the potential of, of harming others or harming themselves through this process. I think that's often the, the issue for people, isn't it? That they just kind of don't know where to start. And it can be a very crowded space of advice. And so yeah. being able to try to simplify that with some, you know, with some key rules and some sort of easy ways into some of these awkward conversations um, can really help parents. Absolutely. And don't get prepared when they're 13. Get prepared when they're five, <laughs> because it might be too late by that point. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I suppose as well, with the sorts of things that you're able to offer on Tricky Chats, um, tell us a little bit about it. It's video lessons, so they're kind of broken down into yeah. sort of bite-sized topics. Yeah. So it, it started off with me in my mind thinking I'll cover about, you know, six to ten topics and then it ended up being 17 and, <laughs> and that's because I wanted to really hone in on this online landscape and so I didn't want to miss off talking about sex or puberty or consent but then not talk about online grooming, sextortion, uh, filters, apps, gaming, all of that stuff. So yeah, 17 modules, you can do it at your own time. Some of them are five minutes, others are 20 and what I really, really wanted through that process as well is to get dads involved so often mums are a little bit more engaged in the space and they tend to take the mental load of these conversations. But we really need our dads stepping up, listening to information and then having the conversations as well because they've got unique insights and wisdom that they can bring in. Yeah, that's interesting. And I wonder how that then relates potentially with boys. You were saying people often worry less about the boys or think they're maybe not as as, as vulnerable to being targeted here. Um, but is that connection perhaps between dads and their sons uh, pretty pretty yeah, crucial. I think that happens because sometimes the mum might say to the dad, for example, hey, you know, you need to do the puberty chat, you need to do the sex chat, you need to do the porn chat. And maybe dad doesn't feel as comfortable because he hasn't done the level of research or he's never had that model to himself. And so I really want dads to feel empowered. I want them to feel more confident to talk to their boys, also to their girls. Um, but we need to get this particular people group kind of activated in this space. Uh, if you had to give maybe two or three top tips on this, what would they be? <laughs> delay device access. <laughs> <laughs> um, so delay, delay, delay as much as you can. Uh, and then particularly with anything that's um, got internet capability, I recommend taking the chat functions off any games, particularly for an under 13-year-old, for example. Um, and then massive, you know, number one top tip, have the chat, have it early. Thank you very much. Good to have you back on 9 to Noon. That is Joe Robertson there with some really good advice. Uh, sex therapist there. And trickychatsparenting.com was the website she was talking about with those video lessons that you can take a look at. Uh, thank you also for all of your questions that you were getting into us this morning for her.